Welcome to Back to Life, a podcast about living a more intentional and fulfilling life. I'm your host, Nicole Green. Join me each week as we slow down, maybe with a calm cup of tea, and we share conversations, tips, and resources for navigating this journey called life. Okay, let's get started. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. I'm so excited to have special guest Nikki Delaney join us for the next couple of episodes as we'll be addressing the complex topic of romantic partnerships and how we can improve these critical and often very challenging relationships in our lives. So Nikki is a licensed mental health counselor, certified relationship specialist, and owner of a new you counseling here in New Mexico. She has more than 15 years of experience in counseling for diverse populations, including individuals, couples, and families who are seeking to improve their lives and build stronger and happier, more fulfilling relationships. Thanks for joining us today, Nikki. Thanks for having me, Nicole. Okay. So before we dive into today's topic, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your work, such as why you became a therapist, what what you focus on in your counseling practice, what's your approach, you know, all that good stuff. Okay, well, I've worked with many populations over the years, as you said, but what I found was a real lack of focus on relationships. So I found that a lot of what was I was seeing with a lot of the clients was a pattern of dysfunction in relationships. So I feel that our society needs successful relationships for there to be strong mental health. So I found that there isn't good education for how to have these successful relationships. So that's why I decided to focus solely on relationships between couples. Because relationships are important and knowing how to make them work is a skill that many lack. So I'm now a relationship specialist and 100% of the population that I work with in my private practice are couples. So I'm one of the only few therapists in town who focus is strictly on couples. Wow, that's really great. So you know that I've asked you here to kind of lend us your expertise in romantic relationships. In this episode, we're going to focus on some of the biggest issues that arise in the beginning stages of these relationships and how we can do better. So my first question for you is, what do you find is the most challenging thing you see at the beginning of a dating slash romantic relationship? Oh, well, that's a great question. So I see many things that couples do that can cause potential issues in their relationship, uh, that can cause problems later on in their relationship. So when couples fall in love, um, that's actually the easy part. Uh, falling, uh, falling in love creates a chemical reaction in people that makes them slightly blind to the imperfections of their partner. This is um, all part of the bonding process and it happens to everyone. So what can happen is during the early stages of a relationship is couples may feel that their partner is perfect and flawless, that they understand them in a very unique way. What, what this does is create an environment where couples do not discuss their core needs with one another and they don't prepare for conflict management. They, uh, they feel so mind-melded that they may even think their partner knows what they need. And there are a lot of issues with creating assumptions. But I would say the biggest mistake I see or the biggest challenge I see in couples early on in their relationship is that they do not explore, discuss, or even mention what their expectations are for the relationship. Oh, so communication is really huge. Yeah, it's, it's extremely huge. And like I said, most of us don't really know how to do that. We're, we're not already programmed to know how to have good communication. We're just in love and we're it's great. We're just in love and it's perfect <laughs> and it feels like there's no flaws. All right. <clears throat> 
So are these mistakes or issues pretty common among couples? And if so, why? Why do you think that is? Uh, it is pretty common. Um, so having expectations, I mean, having conversations about expectations is extremely rare in couples, believe it or not. Most couples still haven't discussed their expectations and may have no idea that their expectations are realistic or assumed. And even after they've gotten married, they mm-hmm. still haven't had this. So I think this is a common occurrence between couples because, as I mentioned, when we fall in love, we see, we see it feel so bonded and understood that we don't fully understand that we may think differently until conflicts surrounding our expectations come up. So I also feel that many couples do not discuss their expectations because each person may not have ever fully explored their own expectations for themselves. Ah, so you've heard of that um, saying that says expectations are premeditated resentments. You know, so I heard that from another therapist on another podcast. So if I knew your name, I would give you props, but I don't, I can't remember, but I heard that. And um, I find that to be so true. So true. So how do these early missteps lead to more difficult problems as the relationship progresses? Well, by the time couples come to me, uh, they're usually out of the honeymoon stage. Um, of their relationship and they've become disillusioned by the realities of sharing their life with another person. Mm -hmm. Usually resentments have built up uh, due to lack of needs being met and conflict becoming more common or even betrayals have taken place. So if we look at many of these issues in relationships, a lot of it can be traced back to either unmet, undiscussed, or unrealistic expectations. Well, sometimes I'm wondering, do they, you know, like you said earlier, it's like sometimes they haven't fully explored their own expectations. I mean, that's true of all of us sometimes until a conflict kind of comes up and then it brings it to life. It's like disruption kind of exposes those type of things. Well, some people don't know their expectations until they're really in a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's when they start to see patterns of their their history or patterns of their their family of origin and they start to see, wait, I had some expectations I never knew about. Yeah, and so, you know, having some relational boundaries is kind of hard until you're actually in the relationship Mm -hmm. Well, not really, because you should have some ahead of time, but I'm just saying, um, but, but in the relationship for that particular relationship, you don't know until like sometimes things arise and then you're like, oh, and then you're faced with, does a boundary need to be? Right. You know, and and like right I said, down. then you haven't come up with good communication skills yet. So then you're sort of stuck mm-hmm. with these resentments of these feelings because you don't know how to talk about them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what can we do to prevent or minimize these problems, you know, right from the start? Well, um, I've yet to meet the couple who can read each other's minds. (laughs) So to prevent the issues, the best course of action is to not assume your partner just knows what you need or wants or expects. Uh, Just because you're head over heels in love with your soulmate doesn't mean you shouldn't be having regular discussions of what is expected. But what about those people who are like, oh, we're talking. It's just too much. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sure you have encountered people who are like, this is too much. You know, we're talking all the time about our relationship. I hate this so much. (laughs) Well, the the theory would be that you don't have to talk all the time once you have an understanding of that. But some people never do it at all. So it, it can feel overwhelming if it's this thought is we have to have these meetings every day <laughs> together. But if you're having them in the beginning and then you're starting to understand each other, it shouldn't be a daunting task to okay. have these conversations. So it just lays the groundwork, right? right. Okay. <clears throat> so, okay. Um, how can we decide to be, or not, not even that, how can we recognize whether or not our expectations um, are too high, rigid, or unrealistic? 
That's a great question, too. The first step is to look at our own expectations. Like we said, you got to look mm-hmm. at your own in regards to all areas of your life together. Then it's a good idea to try and understand where each of these expectations might have come from. For example, if we have an expectation to live in an immaculately clean house, is that because we grew up in one? Was it, a clean, was it clean due to a traditional upbringing where a stay-home mom may be cleaned all the time? Was this something we valued as well, or were we taught that a clean home is a must? Once we understand where these expectations come from, we can start to see how they may or may not be realistic in our current situation. So oftentimes, uh, couples may disagree on expectations, and this is where compromise has to come in. Ah, So understanding what your partner values can help create an environment where needs matter and couples can find ways to work together to try to meet these needs in ways that work for everyone. Okay, so going back a little bit, if a couple has already made some, you know, mistakes like communication, not, you know, without the needs and everything, Mm -hmm. what can they do to correct these and, you know, move towards better relationships? Well, uh, resentment is high in couples who have not spent any time discussing what they expect. Uh, There can be feelings of rejection if one partner expects and needs regular intimacy, for example, and affection, and the the other partner maybe needs that less. So one may feel resentful if they expect their partner to contribute to the household chores, but they don't. These feelings arise due to a lack of needs being met, but also a real lack of needs being discussed and understood. Uh So honestly, there are some people who go into relationships assuming that their partner will help around the house or initiate sex every night, take them on dates, write them love notes, or whatever they feel they need. But they never bother to tell the partner that they need that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So then they become hurt, angry, resentful, and may even want to end the relationship. So couples who find themselves in this situation many times find their way into my office where I can help them start to understand their own needs as well as their partner's needs and expectations. Okay. So I also give lots of homework to my couples to help them explore this together. So I do that work with them a lot, this needs and expectations work. Mm-hmm. And you find that that's, that's really like uncovering that really kind of opens their eyes to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like where they stand in the relationship. Yeah, it's really helpful. A good way to start is to get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do with my couples. And then I have them get to know each other. And then they start to say, oh, no wonder they're like this. They're different in these ways. And then once we start exploring that, then they're more open to doing the work that I give them because they see that they're different people and that they have their own needs. So that's how it works. That's the process. Seems to work. Okay. So how can we decide when to be more flexible or forgiving versus when to stand firm or walk away from the relationship that isn't working? Hmm. Couples who want their relationships to work absolutely must be willing to be flexible. Mm -hmm. So they must be willing to give as well as ask. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. It's like there's a give and take in relationships. It's not, you know, it's 100 and 100, not 50-50, not, you know, all of those things. It's kind of like, what are you bringing to the table? Well, in theory, yeah, people kind of understand that until they're in it. Oh, and then they're like, I don't want to give up. I want to get. So it's harder for that. So each person must be at least somewhat invested in their partner's needs. They have to be somewhat invested in their partner being happy as well as themselves. Otherwise, why be in a relationship? Exactly. That's what I feel. Okay, cool. So what happens when someone does something to challenge those expectations? Um, all people tend to react in a defensive way. Mm-hmm. So defensiveness is part of our DNA a little bit. We are, when we feel attacked, we, our nature, we want to defend ourselves or explain ourselves, justify, especially if we feel things are unfair or, you know, we, we maybe didn't mean to hurt them. Mm-hmm. So we want to defend ourselves. Uh, when expectation is challenged, it's necessary to try and communicate what is felt mm-hmm. and why this expectation is so important. 
The trick is to communicate in a way that's not attacking. For instance, if one person is feeling like your partner is not helping around the house, they may say, you're so lazy. Do I have to do everything around here? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Which, of course, is likely to cause someone some conflict and, you know, to feel attacked. But if the partner said something like, I feel like I'm doing a lot around here and it would make me feel like we are a team if you could help me out. That's a little bit better of a, it's saying the same thing, but the approach is more of a team. Well, I get that. But, you know, do you ever encounter people who say, you know, okay, that sounds just a little too scripted. You know, um, I know a lot in our work as therapists, you know, we're saying, you know, especially when we talk about eye messages and things, mm-hmm. sometimes it can come across as too scripted. It does work because it does kind of, you know, it, it, it diffuses a potentially, you know, uh, time bomb type situation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how can it be more authentic to the person? Do you ever get people who are like, well, I don't want to say, well, I feel, you know, yeah. <laughs> how, how, do, how do you how do you approach that? Well, that is a good question too. Uh, to not feel scripted means you want to make it more natural to you. Sure. So that would mean putting it in your own words mm-hmm. or it would mean um, doing it in a way that you're comfortable with. So you don't want to have a script, in other words. You just sure. want to use the formula of okay. way. So that's what helps too is, you know, what would make, you know, I tell people to take the I out of it, I mean the you out of it so they're not attacking mm-hmm. and, and put the you in it. So identify their own feelings mm-hmm. and however they want to do that. That's going to feel more natural to them. And also the more they do it, the more natural it feels and doesn't feel, that's actually how they start talking. And it's, it's more, more practice, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's because it's, it's, it's changing your dance, so to speak. Mm-hmm. in the relationship and so part of doing that you're going to stumble a little bit but then after a while it becomes more natural right that's exactly what happens people feel natural when they do it more often okay and so it's just getting people to do it more yeah, often yeah it's to totally learn. foreign to people sometimes they've never even heard of this so just changing the way they talk yeah is going to feel a little weird sure but yeah so it's learning to respond versus react mm-hmm. okay cool um so what are you, what would you say are your top tips for singles looking to find love and build a healthy partnership my top tips yeah uh let's see the first thing i would say would be to understand yourself like we talked about it's a good idea to understand your own needs your own expectations before you're even in a relationship Mm -hmm. um so that way you can be ready to share them with your partner um secondly i'd say that it's vital to understand that relationships are lots of work Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know everyone says that, and, you know, it's it's the kind of thing you hear at, you know, weddings when they're writing down their advice, <laughs> you know, compromise, and it's a lot of work. But when you're really in the work and you're working on your garden, I call it your garden a lot, uh-huh. it is a lot of work to maintain that. So, so just like a garden, you know, to keep it lush and growing, you have to tend to it pretty much regularly. You, got to, you can't just go out there when you want to have a garden and the rest of the time ignore it. Um, so... I think that that's the most important things. The last thing to know is that most people are um, compatible. And that's what I found in my job and in my research. Um, You can have a successful relationship with a lot of different people. So um, there's not that one person for you. But the trick is with that is to understand that each person in that relationship has to be invested in the other person's needs and be willing to compromise and talk. And that's how you're able to have a successful relationship with, you know, all the people you might come in contact with. Sure. Would you say the um, the same tips uh, for couples, people who are already coupled, to improve their relationship? I mean, how, how would, you know, what are your tips for them? 
Um, yeah, there's there's probably some different tips I'd suggest for that. Uh, uh, most couples are not educated on the tools necessary to succeed. Mm-hmm. In my research and in my job, I find that we just don't learn this. We don't have a course in school on relationships. <laughs> you know, we're pretty much crash course when we're in relationships or on the job training. So I encourage people to educate themselves if mm-hmm. it's going to trainings, if it's something involved with their church, if it's reading books, going mm-hmm. to counseling. Sure. Premarital counseling is a big one that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, that's important. Um, spend time together as a couple, make, make the relationship a priority. Mm-hmm. People always are doing that well at the beginning. It's when they start having kids and careers get busy that they start to put that on hold a little bit and you so, have to spend time with each other. So there's some intentionality to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So spending time with each other is again, like tending to your garden. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last tip would be to really understand your partner and their needs. Uh, this could be done through communication, on spending time together, learning your partner's uh, languages, or their love language is one thing I teach people. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting to truly know your partner is what makes long-term success. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nikki. A couple of things that you said um, we're going to talk about in our next podcast, which is titled You Give Good Love. And we'll talk more about the love languages. Um, but thank you so much for giving us such helpful advice to enter into romantic relationships with our eyes open and how to increase those chances for success. And to all of our listeners, thanks again for tuning in. Remember, you can always find highlights and additional resources from this episode in the show notes linked on the episode webpage. And be sure to join us next time for part two of this series when Nikki and I will be talking about love languages and how to maintain healthy and happy romantic relationships in the long term. Until the next time, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Back to Life podcast. Be sure to click subscribe so that you'll continue to engage with our new Back to Life community. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at hey there, Nicole Green for more inspiration and tips on intentional living. Tune in next time on the Back to Life podcast as we discuss those relatable struggles of life with a dose of hope and healthy solutions. Until then, be well.